Welcome to the Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis, your host, along with co-host William Schneider. Will, say hi. Hi. <laughs> I was thinking that might be a little bit more elaborate of a hi, but okay, we'll take that. Hello. Um, so here we are, and this is episode one of The Gathering. Um, the Gathering is basically our Tell us way about where you came up with the name. So that was how I came up with the name. Um, yeah, so that I could I couldn't even tell you. Uh, it started off because like I do <clears throat> I do a men's breakfast every month with whoever shows up, and um, so we wanted to do this gathering, um, and I wanted there to be a different. You know, when I when I put it out on Facebook or whatever, you know, that there's an event, I wanted there to be something to differentiate between the men's breakfast I have on a Saturday morning, which is just showing up at the diner and having breakfast. Which is called men's breakfast. Which is called men's breakfast. And so I just said men's gathering. and <clears throat> uh, But for the podcast, I mean, um, hopefully most of the content will be applicable to men and women. So, well, uh, I like the name "The Gathering," just kind of giving a. It's where men come together to encourage one another, know one another. Absolutely, and that's but, that's kind of the whole objective of yeah. um, our time together. Just men getting together and getting to know each other. So we're gathering, um, but yeah. So so this podcast, um, for those of you who don't know, will be. Um, it's kind of a caveat off of our uh, once a month men's gathering that Will and I host. Um, just it's it's a gathering for men to get together. We eat a lot of bacon and some other breakfast items, and just just get to know each other. Um, but during that time, we do have like a fifteen minute um, small focus presentation that. Uh, just covers some bullet points on a topic and we figure this podcast will be a great opportunity for us to get together expound on those bullet points and um, just kind of lead general discussion uh, or kind of hopefully give some content that the men can talk about when they do get together um, either outside of the gathering or we want pe- men to hear what we have to talk about and then go to their buddies who weren't there and they'll look smart when they say it. <laughs> well, and the only way that we're going to pull that off is by gleaning all of our content from other people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we want to do. <laughs> because... Uh, so to quote Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> unlike, unlike Will over here, I am not an expert on anything except for... Uh, I couldn't even say that I'm an expert on myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, anyway, so Will, you, um, you've brought our content for this month and, um, yeah, why don't you lead us into that? So a couple of weeks ago, uh, we got together for breakfast and I basically just wanted to bring to the men, uh, kind of a reason for doing this, which Trav just hit on. But what else I wanted to talk about, I wanted to dig into David's life and just learn something from him and the way that he had the courage and just the actions in his life to go after Goliath. And so we talked a little bit about that and also the need for other men in our lives. So in those times of difficulty, uh, we can easily... Uh, not easily, but we can muster up courage and make decisions on our own that we think is right and try to hold the world on our shoulders without really letting anyone else in on what we're thinking, what we're struggling with, and just make it easier on ourselves and then easier on others. So a lot of times we're what we're, what I would call a self-made man, but that just leaves us incomplete in the end where really mature manhood is forged within the body of Christ. And that's really where I want to go at the beginning of this podcast is 
what it looks like for you to be a part of a group of close friends, maybe two, three other men in your life that you can teach and learn from and mentor. And really that's, I mean, we have the best picture from God himself uh, within the Trinity. So we got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, just from the very beginning showing how community is important. And so the reason that we as men also need a community of other men in our lives. So, yeah, and um, I think one of the the biggest things about that, um, you know, we, I, I, I honestly, I think our society has it all wrong. <laughs> um, so for, for generations, you know, um, it was taught that, uh, you know, men needed to be independent and you needed to, you know, be able to get out on your own and, and do your own thing. And women were, were taught that, you know, you, uh, need a man to, you know, take care of you and all that stuff. And then, you know, recently with the rise of, you know, the, the women's movement, they wanted the same um, quest for independence as the men. And I, I don't think the whole, I don't think the problem at all is, is that I think the problem is that we taught men that they needed to be independent because quite honestly, we, we are as a people, um, an interdependent species. Um, I mean, any small tribe, you know, the only reason they're successful is because, you know, one person is, doing one thing another person is doing another thing i mean that's we we need each other <laughs> that's just that's just how we are created even in um uh, even in our psychology it's all um the, there's there's tribal psychology in that um you know how how we react and and um work together with those closest to us um, says a lot about how we're going to grow and where we're going to grow. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that's just a big problem in our, in our society in general right now. Uh, just that, that, that whole, you know, you need to be independent. And, and I think it stems mostly from parents trying to teach their kids to be independent of themselves, you know? So like, um, Obviously, I want my children to not be dependent on me or my wife, but uh, that doesn't mean that they they should be taught that they need to be 100% independent. So the culture definitely gives us a misunderstanding and representation of what does it mean to be a man. Absolutely. Just for example, um, and this is my own doing as well, is if you get sick or, you you know, the manly thing to do is suck it up. We're not going to go to the doctor. We're not going to go get that looked at. We're not going to take meds. But the, the manly thing to do, the godly thing to do, especially if you have a family, is to go get checked out. Make sure that you're okay so you can take care of others. Absolutely. And, now that that can be that that ends up being difficult for someone like myself. I spent um, quite a few years in the nursing field, and <laughs> you know, it, anyone in the medical field, it's kind of one of those things. Like, you know, no, um, we don't go to the doctor unless you're dying. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me, me as well, and that's probably why I also don't go. But, <laughs> but yes, no, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, um, our job. Uh, from a a biblical leadership perspective um, as men to take care of our families and be the head of our families how, how can we do that if we're um, if we're sick or dying um, and obviously that's going to happen sooner or later but how that happens a lot depends on um, how we're taking care of ourselves and um, you know if 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 you don't catch certain things at the beginning 
you know, you can, you can face a lot of serious illnesses, you know, and even when it comes to, I mean, I, I, um, I struggle with food addiction and, um, and when I say food addiction, I mean, you know, like a, you know, like an alcoholic might slip into a liquor store and then chug a, right. Or chug a, chug a fifth of something, you know, I, I would, I would have swung into a, uh, you know, I just swung into a store and picked up a box of little Debbie's and just smashed the whole box myself, you know? And, and so like the little Debbie brownies, like what are we talking about? I mean, we're talking like Swiss cake rolls. So that's okay. totally, no um, Twinkies. yeah. And here's the thing. There's a proper way to eat a Swiss cake roll. Ah, okay. I don't know if you knew that. So like you, you definitely have to, you, you, peel the chocolate layer off of the cake and then you unroll the the cake as you're eating it um yeah and i mean definitely not the way i've eaten well you're eating them wrong so but uh but yeah i mean so there's there's concerns like that you know um i'm looking at my health and and just realizing you know i've got knee issues and back issues and um probably high blood pressure issues and if if not corrected now uh could lead to diabetes and uh, all kinds of stuff so it's it's just one of those things if i'm not taking care of uh, myself in that respect um i'm not being a godly man and taking care of my family because i can't do that if my family has to then in turn take care of me um, and so on that note you not to make this all about you but you have lost some weight gone into the gym um you've made some big lifestyle changes recently uh what was your motivation for that you know it was just that i mean i just realizing that i'm you know i was i was tired all the time and i and i still i I still tend to be (laughs) at at times but uh tired all the time and and um unable to unable to really dedicate myself and help even you know the evening would come and I just want to crash and I couldn't help my wife out around the house or anything like that and um that really did stem from the whole just thought of okay I need to step up and and be be the man um but yeah and so through that process that journey and all the time spent at the gym. Uh, have you been able to do this by yourself or has, have you been a part of a, a community or other guys that have helped you through this? So for that, um, it's, it's honestly, it's only been possible through, uh, a small community, but a community, um, uh, good buddy of mine owns a gym and, uh, we've we've kind of been working with each other as far as uh you know keeping each other accountable for um different you know he he's checking in on me to make sure I'm doing my workout and um you know when we're together we're having good conversations and and um you know not not the typical gym rat talk, you know, sometimes we get into some deep issues and, um, and yeah, but uh, if it was up to me to get to the gym, there's no, it, 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 I, I mean, there are very few individuals that do have that when it comes to the gym where they don't need anybody to tell them to get to the gym They're They're going to make it there themselves. And when I say very few, I mean, really very few, um, Like, like two. Yeah, <laughs> that would probably be a fairly accurate number for um, even the state of Michigan. Um, but I guarantee you those individuals have a community for other things in their life, you know. I don't need anybody to tell me, hey, did you get out and go hunting, you know, I, this weekend? You know, No, I, I, I don't need anybody to help me with that. It's kind of, it's kind of my passion, you know. And there's those few people that they absolutely just love working themselves to death in the gym. And so they'll get there every day. Um, 
but that's not me. And the only way to successfully accomplish that is through community. So, yeah. So it's really important that obviously not just for working out and getting healthy, but as we go through life and our spiritual walk to have others there with us, to encourage us, to spur us on or even to, even to tell us, you know, when we're doing things wrong that maybe we don't see, or we just refuse to change. So I want to kind of get into what discipleship would look like, maybe mentorship uh, within a small group of men. And and then to go a little bit further, kind of get a uh, outline of uh, how Paul did it uh, throughout the New Testament. And so really briefly, uh, I just have a list of some scriptures here about how we're called to disciple others, uh, specifically for men. So Titus 2 uh, two one through eight. A brief summary is you know men are to tra- train younger men, and then it also goes into women are to train younger women. But we have a mandate from God, you know, as men of God, to train the younger men of the faith, and we're supposed to tr- men are to train others, not only uh, to help them in their life, but we are to train others to train others. Basically, we are to make leaders of the men that we are discipling. If we're leading, if you are a leader somewhere, then you need to be leading somebody and not leading them to lead. So uh, in, in Ephesians 6, you know, fathers are to train their children. And in Hebrews 3 and uh, chapter 10, uh, in summary, like all Christians, men and women, young and old, are to exhort each other daily. Uh, to avoid sin, to stir each other up, to love and good works. And we just can't do this on our own. First uh, Peter 4, uh, all Christians are to use their gifts to serve one another. And so we all have different gifts. Uh, mine may not be hunting. <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy it, but I have other gifts that the Lord has blessed me with. And so we are to use those gifts, whatever they may be, wherever you're at. It's not wrong to be in a vocation outside of ministry if the Lord's gifted you and skilled you in that area. So you're supposed to use those to serve God. And uh, in first, uh, da, 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 da. I already said first Peter. So and then just to get into some how-tos of discipling and um, really how Paul did a lot of his discipling. What I, what I see, Trav, is really three relationships that Paul had. There was a mentor relationship that he had, a, a peer relationship he had, and then a mentee relationship. So Paul, in essence, was at the beginning, before uh, coming to, to Christ and coming to faith, was someone who literally murdered Christians. And when he was saved, and you can read about this in the book of Acts, when he was saved, really one of the first people in his life that kind of mentored him into what it means to be a Christian and to walk by faith and and to serve God was a man named Barnabas. And what we can learn from this relationship between Paul and Barnabas is that there's always going to be someone in our faith who is more mature in their faith have a better I mean, belief. I mean, other than me. Uh, and even even <laughs> Trav has somebody maybe out there he can look up to. It's difficult. And this relationship can, uh, or has to be one where they are willing to pour their life into you. They're willing to come alongside you, teach them the mistakes they made. They're willing to come alongside of you and show you the wisdom that they've learned in their life to teach you what God's done in their life. And, and not just, I'm not talking just about a spiritual Barnabas. I'm talking about anyone, if you're a businessman, finding someone who is more successful than you. Someone that is willing to show you uh, their tips and tricks of the trade. And then you also, having a Barnabas, you need to be a Barnabas to somebody else, just like Paul was with Timothy. So when Timothy came to faith, Paul was like a father figure to him. And 
that just goes into you know goes to show that our children we need to be mentoring as well and discipling and like Trav was talking not just to be independent but to rely on others and I think it's great how you you brought up the kids I uh, was actually thinking of that myself just from the aspect of like having kids um, I have four and uh, currently have three foster kids um, it's uh, it's crazy <laughs> um, it's exhausting it's uh, it's several days where you're just like what was I thinking <laughs> like this is this is ridiculous um, but <clears throat> quite honestly like um, if and I think anybody who's been in a in a, a leadership situation or a teaching situation um, will agree. When you're teaching something, there there's no better way to learn than teaching. And um, I think, you know, I think there's times where I've thought I had things figured out, and boom, insert situation with my children and having to teach through that. And, um, honestly, just, uh, just yesterday, in fact, um, I had a situation with one of my kids and, um, it was, it was, it was difficult. Like, how do I, um, I I really, honestly, I had to dig really deep inside myself to figure out how I'm going to teach my son through this moment um, and, and honestly, I, I reached out to, uh, uh, fellow brother in the Lord who's had, um, his fair share of teachable moments with kids and just kind of, you know, we chatted for a little bit about the situation and what, what he would suggest. And, um, he had some really good insight, um, uh, from his experience and I, I was able to use that and, kind of um yeah I, I guess what i'm trying to say is that through the whole situation of having kids it's it's developed me um and and you know much like a, a forge can develop steel uh, or iron it uh, it's not comfortable <laughs> most of the time but um yeah, just just that opportunity. So if you are if if you are looking to grow spiritually, which um, honestly we all should be. If you're, I mean, if if you're not growing, you're dying, right? And so if we're if we're looking to grow spiritually, we need to teach. Um, and the only way, well, I mean, it, those teaching situations are going to bring up. Um, times where we simply don't have a good answer we don't have enough experience to find a good answer insert older wiser um it forces us to look to others it really does and um yeah so as much as you know man there are days that i'm just like you know what what was i thinking (laughs) if i'm being real with myself it it really has, uh, you know, made me a better person and um, allowed me to grow in a lot of areas simply by placing me in a situation where I have to be a teacher. Um, and now, stepping outside of that, how can we be teachers of the faith, um, you know, outside of that? Let's grow, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm teaching my children what, where can I go from there, you know? Um, and hence the gathering we have, um, I, I believe I'm going to get probably more <laughs> out of teaching, um, leadership strategies, uh, and, um, and, and lessons to others simply because I'm going to be diving into those situations, um, you know, Theologically, I'm going to be diving into those situations from a scholastic point of view, and it's just going to, I mean, all it's going to do is develop 
me and my abilities there too. So, um, so not to be selfish, but that's the reason that I'm we doing disciple it for me. others. Yeah. Okay. Totally doing it for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so we need, we need someone older in our faith or in our career to show us the way. And in turn, we need to be that for somebody else younger in the faith or younger in our, our career. Also, very importantly, we need uh, peers. We need people that are on the same page, uh, generally speaking, that we can be close friends with, that we can uh, have trust and really get to know one another, get to know each other's strengths, get to know each other's weaknesses, and in doing so, by becoming vulnerable to those few people, which is so hard for men today. And probably because of the way our culture teaches us, you know, that we we can't show, you know, humility or we, we can't show our emotions or talk about them. And it's exactly what our wives want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and to that point, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's the macho man in me, but, uh, the, by the way, the only reason I'm macho is to, to cover up all my insecurities. I'm just going to throw that right out there, out the gate. Um, but you know, I drink my coffee black, not because I prefer it that way, but because real men would drink their coffee black. But no, I, I, uh, I do think, you know, to an extent God is not male or female, but, um, a perfect blend of masculinity and femininity. And, um, there, there is a time. But we're to, all created in God's image. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and there is, I do believe there there are times to suck it up. You know, um, obviously, I'm put me in a situation where I'm, you know, leading my children, or let's say there's a. a thunderstorm or something like that, you know, a really bad storm. And, and, um, you know, not that, not that I'm afraid of thunderstorms, but let's just say, you know, you were a person who, who's afraid of lightning or whatever. And, and there's a bad storm and your, your kids are with you. That's probably the time to suck it up, you know, cause otherwise you're just going to spread that fear, you know? So I, I do believe that there are points in time where you, you do need to, um, man up, I guess. But, uh, in general, yeah, we, we need a, we need to learn to get to that point where we can, um, be a little bit more expressive, I guess. That's exactly true. We need, I mean, so, I was reading an article just the other day from DesiringGod.org that was just saying that we're not to be as men. We are not to be safe, but we are to be good. And so there are going to be times where we need to show compassion, that we need to show love. But there are times where we can't only be meek, but we need to be meek and fierce or tough and tender. You know, we need to be leaders and servants. And a great example of that, uh, is David. So we talked about David a little bit at the first gathering. Hey, you see how that worked? That was perfect. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Good job. Come up with the name. <laughs> and so, so David, you know, is a, you look at the Psalms, you know, he's a poetry writing shepherd boy. He's, he's young and in touch with his artistic, you know, poetry writing. Uh, but he, <laughs> He could not simply stand by and watch as a Philistine, Goliath, defied the armies of God. He stepped up <laughs> when nobody else would. This little poetry-writing shepherd boy stepped up. No matter how menacing Goliath was, he could not listen quietly while God's name was defamed. And so he trusted in the Lord and was willing to act, to fight and so as men, we need to have both sides. I, uh, I had a friend when I was in the service, um, <laughs> we, we were, we were pretty much inseparable for several years, uh, together and was couple... Jess in your life at this time? <laughs> she, she was. And, uh, um, but you know, she wasn't around and I needed somebody to, uh, you know, to, he always said that I was the 
the wife in our relationship, but I totally disagree. Work wife. <laughs> yeah, so he would always call it me. Should a, not be a thing, guys. <laughs> right, right. That don't let that happen. That's uh, that's not a good idea. But uh, he would he would always tell me that I was just a big teddy bear, and I would look him dead in the eye and tell him, "But I'm still a bear." <laughs> and exactly. uh, yeah, to to your point, you know, um, there's a time to be soft and gentle, but uh, there's also a time to stand up on your two feet and roar. So to take this just a little different direction, uh, to get this kind of out of the, uh, and just for now, the spiritual realm, talking about Paul and Timothy and Barnabas and uh, what that could do for our spiritual lives. And if you haven't experienced that, if you haven't uh, gotten alongside another man in your church uh, that, that can help you teach you scriptures and just what it means to be a godly man, uh, maybe you can connect more with uh, what it means to be mentored or discipled outside of church. So I'm talking a boardroom. So I have almost no experience with anything like that, uh, not being a business leader myself. But I work with other guys all the time uh, within the state police. I have my peers, my troopers. We have, I have uh, my Barnabas. I have younger troopers that as an FTO, a field training officer, that I teach how to do the job, how to do it right. The things that I've learned work, the things that I've learned from my mistakes. And we also have those older senior troopers and detectives and our command staff that can be the, our Barnabas that uh, have been here for a lot longer and have seen a lot more and just have a lot more experience and insight into whatever the situation is at hand. And so, Trav, I, I'd like you to talk just a little bit. I know you had prepared a little bit, so uh, now I'm setting you up to make this sound really good. So don't sure. disappoint our listeners. <laughs> sure. Uh, I just want you to talk a little bit about maybe the good that can come from having a community outside of church, you know, maybe in a business realm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm not going to say that I've been um, – by no means am I the expert here. Uh, I <clears throat> I have uh, – <laughs> I'm going to say I've worked towards a uh, – um, bachelor's in psychology and one of the um one of the classes i took was uh the um, psychology of personalities and um one of the biggest things that they discussed were just um you know how different personalities um they how they can run in different directions and um uh complement other personalities and how uh, team building can be heavily relied reliant on personalities and and so there are corporations today several like uh, many corporations today that um, they build you know teams of of uh, process engineers or, or um, teams for problem solving. And one of the ways in which they do that is through personality tests and, um, you know, diversification. They, they put these teams together of very different people, um, which, yes, creates conflict. But as most people know, conflict is not the issue. It's how folks handle conflict that um is the issue a lot of people um they don't like it so they avoid it and stifle their own growth um or they get into these you know uh, cyclic arguments that just uh get nowhere <laughs> um and never end up um i guess never end up bending or or learning themselves and uh so the the idea is to create that conflict through um differences and using the conflict to solve problems um in ways that 
you'd never be able to solve them before. I mean, um, when you have a community of different people and listen up church, cause this is, this is, this is huge here because we, we often break off into, um, you know, you've got your Baptists and your your Methodists and your, Baptists. <laughs> your your Lutherans and uh, you know the 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 biggest uh, the biggest difficulty with that is is you know we need to celebrate these differences and learn to um, bend here and there um, and. And for the for the mere purpose of growth, and and these these corporations are they're taking this idea of diversification and building teams, and they're solving amazing problems in in so many different ways, uh, because you know some people are the type of person to ask questions, some people are the type of person to jump right into solutions, some people are the type of people that need data, some people are the type of people that you know need emotion and. And no one of those are right and no one of those are wrong, but you put them together and, and it, it makes an, really, it makes an unstoppable team, you know, and, uh, it starts one of the, one of the best places that can start is in a marriage, you know, um, my wife and I are completely different people. I mean, we have similar interests here and there, um, but uh, and, and a similar overall goal um, as far as, you know, what we want our our marriage to be, what we want our uh, our children to uh, to grow into and become. Um, but we're totally different people. She's she's very good at um, memorizing and uh, and and taking in data and. um and and repeating it and i am terrible at that i i can't i can't i can't memorize bible verses i can't remember i i barely remember my, my own birthday half the time um but but i am more the think outside the box type of person and there's always conflict between us always and um it's it's kind of nice. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I usually end up having to say I'm sorry. Um, but I... Important word. Am, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, the when when we're working together, just the... the it it complements um, anything we do. And... And so I have recently been watching a new documentary on Netflix. And one of the people that we would probably say is the is most successful, very successful is Bill Gates. And in this documentary, just the first couple episodes, it's talking about how he left Microsoft and how they started, you know, the Bill Gates Foundation. But although he had this idea to help poor countries, third world countries, get rid of this uh, problem with dirty water that's causing diseases and kids were dying from literally just having diarrhea. Like we can't even fathom that. I mean, just go to the store and get something. And so he had the idea, but by himself, even Bill Gates, a successful man, how do you think he got successful? He didn't just have ideas, but he put group think, you know, group tanks together of people from different walks of life, different, I mean, just exactly what you've been talking about. And together, they created some, and, okay, so I'll be honest right now, I had no idea what he did previously to watching these episodes, and I'm not far enough to know if he actually finished <laughs> or accomplished this job. So uh, I'm hoping that he did, and I'm speaking uh, <laughs> to that. But he created a toilet that pretty much didn't need water to flush so that people could 
and not just a porta potty, like it's making it can make clean water and from, you know, what you excrete from your body. <laughs> and so essentially this this is something that is revolutionary and can help these third world countries so they're not dumping their feces and urine into a drinking source, but instead through that, um, they're actually getting clean water. Um, but just all to go back to that, we need other people. We cannot do this on our own. We need community. And so specifically for why we're here for the gathering, we're talking specifically we need other men in our lives. Absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we discussed, okay, um, we, we were, Will and I were presented with this um, opportunity to take over the um, the the men's Bible study, if you will, uh, here at Grace Christian Church in Gladwin. And um, we, we had already been thinking about, you know, wanting to do something for men. And um, we were kind of given, given the opportunity to just make it whatever we want to make it. And one of the things, one of the things we decided was that, you know, if you get a whole bunch of men together and then you're like, all right, guys, we're going to talk about our feelings. Everybody's going to say, you know, stand up and we're going to hold hands and everybody's going to say something really. No, that, that it, it doesn't work. Uh, maybe for a, maybe for a couple that, uh, it worked for me. <laughs> you just like holding hands is all, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we we're like, okay, well, how, how do we, how do we, keep men together and and one of the things was just you know let's let's have a reason to get together um insert the breakfast bacon bacon and uh and then from there it was just like okay you know we're gonna we're gonna throw out some uh some topics of discussion and just kind of let things go where they go and you know we can we can direct that conversation audibly through through the podcast and and folks can listen on their own and so here we are just getting together and um having breakfast and you know chatting nothing too nothing too serious really um obviously it is serious because there's bacon and that was one of the key things. Like, how do you get men in one location? Now, don't leave out God. God's in the center of this, too. Well, that's absolutely correct. And God created bacon. Amen. And so here we are. Um, <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, just realizing that, um, you know, sometimes less is more. And um, we can... Are you saying we're creating a safe space? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's exactly not what I'm saying. No, no, not at all. Uh, maybe an enjoyable space. Um, <laughs> so, um, again, yeah, just just wanting wanting folks to get together. I, I don't think you know there are there are um, podcasts and um, you know YouTube preachers and um i mean you can get biblical content all over it is there's no lack of that um through you know thanks be to technology um but one of the things you can't get just over the computer is is actual relationships with people um and you know i i through work, I talk on the phone with people a lot through emails and, um, and it really never, it really never connects until I walk into their shop and shake their hand and talk about 
the weather, you know, I mean, small talk, honestly, it's a beautiful thing. It's super easy because you can have the same conversation 10 times in a row, but you really do make small connections with people. And through those small connections, you start growing bigger connections and those bigger connections, then, you know, at some point in time, a crisis is going to pop up and boom, now you have a connection with somebody and you have a way to insert yourself into their life and help them through whatever that might be or vice versa. Maybe they're helping you. <laughs> and, um, and then here we are. And the next thing you know, you've got a best friend and you didn't even realize it. It's exactly what happened with us. That, that is pretty much exactly what happened with us. Yeah. Although I uh, think our first conversation was probably about cigars, probably about cigars. Yes. I, I definitely, uh, that was a very easy way to connect. <laughs> So to go off of that, though, with the information overload that we have today, how more important today than yesterday is it to have actual face-to-face conversations with people? And so there's a book called The TechWise Family, and I can get you the author if you need it. But uh, He wrote a book, and uh, he was just uh, – and don't quote me on these facts, but they're close – He just did a study of teenagers aged 13 to 18, I think from the years of 2013 to 15. So even now today, we're four years outside of that study, and technology has just grown even more. More kids have cell phones. More kids have laptops or tablets. And But during that 2013 to 2015 study with the 13 to 18-year-olds, he found that in women or in girls, depression rates in 13 to 18 year olds rose uh, by 50%. Wow. Simply based off of, well, I'll just, uh, I have lots of friends. Look at all my likes. Look at all my face. We're real friends when we're Facebook friends. Right. But nobody has face to face conversations. And I'm just as guilty at times. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've, you know, just had a conversation with somebody on Facebook and then you run into him at the store and you know, stranger. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, yeah. That, that author is Andy Crouch. Um, the tech wise family. Yes. Uh, definitely, definitely take a good, good look at that. Hey, thanks for getting my bat. Hey, I got you, bro. And then in, so in, in, in girls it rose 50% and then in guys it rose something like 30%, which is, so I don't know the study that it has on adults or on men, but we are naturally reclusive anyways. And then so now with smartphones, as men learn their smartphones and begin conversations through text or through Facebook or whatever your platform is, we have less and less face-to-face conversations and or real friends. And to our detriment, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Um, so here we are. Um, here is the gathering. And um, guys, I, I just, I would encourage you. And again, I, I do want to point out, you know, when we say we're naturally this or we're naturally that or women naturally this, that's that's all bell curve applicable, obviously. Um, you know, some men are more uh, outspoken and willing to, jump into things. I am probably guilty of that myself. Um, and likewise, some women are, are more reclusive. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I, I encourage you share this, um, share this with your friends and, um, if they, if they couldn't make it and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll obviously not everybody lives, um, near the small town of Gladwin, Michigan, but, uh, um, Maybe they can start a, a bacon breakfast of their own, and uh, that's this would want. be that's all we want. Just just bacon sales to rise. We've got stock in it. No, not really. But seriously, though, we <clears throat> we do want more um, more deep, lasting friendships amongst men because that's honestly the only way that it's the only way we're going to survive. And so maybe the. We're probably getting close on our time here. 
And so maybe just to close out, I have a Matt Chandler quote, unless you have something else to, to add, Trev. Okay. Uh, and this is uh, not necessarily about community, but we had talked about how our community or how our culture gives us a false picture of manhood. So here's a quote from Matt Chandler. There are a lot of false pictures of what being a man is all about. What we are not talking about is a false bravado, overly masculine type of man. That when all is said and done is too manly to love, too manly to serve, too manly to care, or too manly to lower himself in humility. But what we are talking about is a man who is willing to be wrung out for the good of his family, his wife, and his God. Mm, I like that. For the good of his family, his wife, and his God. That's good. And that's honestly, that's honestly, I think, the heart of this whole thing. You know, um, <clears throat> if you're married, you have a huge responsibility. If you have kids, you have a huge responsibility. If you're single, um, you you still have a, a huge responsibility to others around you. You know, um, I mean it's it's even it's biblical it is good for a man not to marry um just simply for the fact that you know uh i can't be i can't be there for everybody in need because i have to be there for my family which is great and awesome but uh um you know if if you don't have a family of your own you know you you have you still have that responsibility to get out there and um serve in your community so here we are. It brings us to our conclusion. Um, please uh, join us again next month um, if you can. We will be here on. I didn't even look up the date, so I'm going to pull that It'll be up. The now. month of October. October the twelfth. October twelfth. We're going to be here um, at uh, the nine six three building on North M eighteen in Gladwin, having. Lots of bacon and uh, quite a few other breakfast items from 6.30 in the morning until 8 a.m. And why so early? I get that all the time. Why so early? Well, because as men, we usually have a whole lot of other list of responsibilities that we have to get done on a Saturday. So we'll get the breakfast out of the way. And and only the real men are going to wake up early enough right. to show up. Exactly. So, yeah, um, if you have... Uh, any questions for us, you can email us at thegatheringformen at gmail.com. And, yeah, if you can make it to uh, breakfast, uh, again, that's going to be the second Saturday of every month at 630 at the same place. Um, and we'll have another podcast coming out uh, two weeks after that to discuss the content there. So we'd love 